All right, guys, so uh, the New Hampshire primaries are today. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in New Hampshire um, to uh, meet some of the candidates and go to some of the events. And so I'm going to post a little bit about it today. This is the New Hampshire Experience episode of Politics Weekly. So the first thing I did on day one uh, was that I got to go to a movie theater to watch the most recent Democratic debate in New Hampshire. Now, this was organized by a group of Andrew Yang supporters. Uh, So I got to talk to some of them, uh, as well as some of the people that have worked on uh, Mr. Yang's campaign, and got to ask them a little bit about why they're supporting him as their candidate. Take a listen. Okay, so the first question is, uh, wh- uh, what got you to supporting Andrew Yang in the first place? Uh, so, um, in 2018, I had a friend who said to me, there's this guy who wrote a book, and I think he might be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's going to run for president. And I said, okay. And he said his name's Andrew Yang. And about a week or two after that, I got a thing in my Facebook feed inviting me to see Andrew Yang speak. I had never Googled Andrew Yang. I had never said anything other than that one time. And it was the Futurist Club of Boston, and I'm not a futurist. So anyway, so I decided to go see Andrew speak, and the first time I heard him speak, I was hooked. He talked about scarcity and abundance uh, mindsets, and uh, just he seemed to understand what is going on in this country and the things that got Trump elected and the you know the scarcity mindset where everyone's you know doesn't feel like they have enough and we have to fight for resources and I've always felt like that's manufactured to pit us all against each other so he sort of got what I have always thought myself and uh, I actually cried a little when he talked because I was I just couldn't believe there was someone that was looking to eradicate poverty put humanity first uh, and he was genuine and that's what attracted me to him, that he was just really a genuine guy. And that night I went up to him and I thanked him and then I went home and I emailed him and I sent him my resume and there were only probably about 20 staffers at that point, maybe not even. He emailed me back himself and, uh, and I said, if anything, if you ever need anything in Massachusetts when the time comes, I'm here. And um, about six to eight months later, I got an email asking me to start a Yang Gang. So I started the Massachusetts Yang Gang. Um, and then that became the New England, I became the New England regional organizer for mm-hmm. the Yang Gangs. And uh, they asked me to host a rally in Boston. So I threw a rally on the Boston Common for him. And that's uh, just been ever since. And then uh, we started getting bigger and we have a few more regional organizers. Yenny is one of my regional organizers over here as well. She helps out and uh, another one, Catherine. And we handle the whole New England region. Are there any specific positions or policies of Yang that really stick to you? Yeah, so there's a couple. Uh, UBI, I think, is a, the Freedom Dividend is a huge one, but I don't even think it's his best one. Like, it's mm. great because it's going to give people a floor to stand on. It's a foundation on which to build. Uh, so I really, um, I have a lot of people in my life who have mental health issues, mm-hmm. and I like that he really puts mental health issues in the forefront, and he wants to address them and destigmatize them. 
Um, I also really like his idea for democracy dollars to wash lobbyist money out of uh, politics. He's going to give every U.S. citizen $100 to use in political activism for campaigns. And you can take that money, you know, now you've got 100,000 people donating $100 to a candidate or a cause, um, and you've basically, you know, wiped out lobbyists. You know, we have more, we have more buying power. They're going to be beholden to us instead of big business and lobbyists. Yeah. Um, what, what's your response to uh, how well Yang has been doing, um, in, you know, in terms of how, how well he's done in the polls? In comparison to how when how he was doing when he started when he got in the race, so I I mean he's come a long way and I think it's because people just really um, they get that he has solutions and they like that he's moving forward and not looking backwards and playing the blame game. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time I ever had to get up to speak about him, that was one of the things that I, I mentioned was that he's not pointing fingers. You know, mm -hmm. he's moving forward. Um, I think. Uh, you know, if we had a more more resources and weren't so grassroots, that we have more name recognition, and I mean, I, I think we'd be doing even better in the polls. But uh, I think he's doing amazingly well considering where we started, you know, two years ago. Mm. And what are you hoping to see at tonight's event here? So, not lately, I mean, we, no. we're very, all of the Yang gang, we're humanity first. We don't, we don't talk badly about any other candidate. I mean, yeah. And I honestly am of the opinion that any one of the candidates right now would be fabulous. Like, I truly mean that. Like, I could vote for any one of them. Andrew's my choice. I will continue to fight for UBI, even if Andrew is not the nominee. I will take this forward, this movement. It's a movement where a lot of the Yang gang out here will keep going after, you know, after the elections are all said and done. Um, but I think that tonight what I really want to see is I want him to come out strong. A lot of the candidates now are starting to take a lot of his policies and ideas as if they were his own. Uh, I've done a couple of speeches lately uh, in front of Democratic committees where the person going after me has the exact same speech I have. <laughs> Only mine is like two years old and theirs is like, you know, um, and for me, it's just a little disingenuous because they were all basically treating him like he was a non-entity at the last few debates, you know, and now all of a sudden they're all using his talking points. Yeah. So it gets you a little, you know, on the one hand, I'm glad people are using his talking points because it means they'll carry his policies forward. And that's fabulous. But part of me wonders, do they really want to carry it forward or do they just think that, you know, it's yeah. what people want to hear so they're going to use it. So um, I, I really hope that there's more, uh, he comes out strong with his policies and uh, people kind of see that he's the originator of some of these ideas that are now floating around. Yeah. Uh, and if it isn't Yang, is there any specific candidate um, or any other specific candidates that you would uh, be willing to get behind? Yeah, I mean, uh, Yang's very uh, clear, and he has been right from the start, that we're, you know, blue no matter who, right? That, mm. you know, we need, the reason he got into the race is to replace the divisiveness, right? Mm. To replace the, you know, like Trump has has got the wrong solutions so he wants someone who's going to have the right solutions and he wants to you know make sure that happens so i can really get behind all of the candidates there's not a one i've been really pleased with steyer and klobuchar which mm -hmm. i was shocked about. who's uh, who's here to cheer on the next president of the united states Woo! all right there are a lot of people about to come in because they uh did some pre-gaming 
in the lobby. Right. Has anybody here done any free gaming? <laughs> no, it's okay. If by that you mean standing in the cold with a sign? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was gambling. Right. Uh, on who, which candidate is going to win? Uh, a couple things. Uh, my name's Steve Marshan. I'm with the uh, Yang Gang here in New Hampshire. I want to do a quick shout out uh, for our state director, Christina Snow. Yeah! <laughs> so first of all, can I get your name? Yeah, my name is Nathan. Okay. Yep. Um, so, uh, what are your what, what are your uh, are you an Andrew Yang supporter? Yeah. Uh, what what, uh, what specific uh, aspects and policies uh, do you agree with him on that? Um, well, first, I just uh, what hooked me on Andrew was the freedom dividend, mm-hmm. um, and then looking further into Andrew Yang, um, what really uh, made me gravitate towards him was just his. I really liked his view of um, the family and strengthening families and investing in children and families. Um, so, basically, those two things. How do you uh, feel about the way the debate is going so far? Well, I came in a little late. Yeah. Um, so I actually haven't heard Andrew speak at all yet. Yeah. Hour and eight minutes in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How do I feel about the debate performance? Yeah, I, I guess I feel like it really is pretty obvious that the moderators really try to uh, focus their attention on about four candidates. Yeah. Um, uh, were there any specific moments you know, outside of just Andrew Yang moments? Were there any moments that really stuck at you during the debate? Honestly, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and then my other question is, uh, if if it's not Andrew Yang, is there any specific candidate that you'd be willing to get behind? No. No? No. I was a, uh, prior to being uh, on board for Andrew Yang, I was, I'd been a, uh, a uh, libertarian for years. And, um, you know, I voted libertarian for many years, and then prior to that, I voted Republican a few times. This is the first time I've ever been registered as a Democrat. Um, I kind of feel like Andrew Yang, um, you know, he's running on the Democratic platform, but I feel like he has some broad appeal, and so I feel like I'm one of those supporters that uh, isn't your typical Democrat voter. Is that how you beat Trump? Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean bringing more people into the yeah, Democratic yeah, Party would yeah, actually yeah. be a good thing? Right, yeah. Okay. yeah. How do you feel about how the debate's going so far? Uh, I think that um, they're marginalizing Andrew and, uh, frankly, Tom Steyer and him are getting very little time to talk. Uh, I see Andrew. Oh, hang on. Sure. Hey, hey. All right, the next um, day for day two uh, was uh, involved uh, me going to a Bernie Sanders event uh, to cover Sanders. During that event, uh, Michael Moore showed up. Have a listen. Bernie's, Bernie's vision of 
January 20 next year. This is not just Bernie Sanders walking into the Oval Office, but teachers walking into the Oval Office, and nurses walking into the Oval Office. are going to be. I mean, that's, what would that look like if we had someone in the Oval Office that wasn't afraid? Well, you can't say that. The Republicans won't like that. Well, the Republicans are in for a rude awakening considering how they nullified the Constitution this week. private in the Marine Corps, and that thing would come down in the amphibious vehicle, and half of them were mowed down, immediately. I don't, I don't even know how he lived through all that. And by the time he got into his 80s and, and 90s, he couldn't believe that George W. Bush was president. He couldn't believe that someone like Donald Trump might be running. It was offensive to him. And I read this story this week, and I read it actually on the Rolling Stone website. It was a new story, and I kept looking for another news site, and only Rolling Stone read it. It's a story on which of these Democratic candidates has the most campaign contributions from active duty service members. It can't explain away 
How is it that in all these polls now, not just in New Hampshire, but across the country, Bernie is number one? You should get out of your bubble and go see what it's like. Because as we crisscross Iowa, we saw Flint, Michigan, all the way from Davenport over to Council Bluffs in Sioux City. It's everywhere now. All the struggle of people trying to get by and living from paycheck to paycheck. The majority of Americans not making $500 for their name so they can get by. The majority not having $500. That's just so wrong. Where is the American dream? Bernie stands for that. Bernie will fight for this. Bernie is the person who is going to win. He's going to be Trump. And
Jackson for Bernie campaign. Woo! I have been traveling through Iowa, Nevada, now New Hampshire, and I can tell you, we are all here for the same reasons. We share the values that Bernie has. So what's great about this campaign is Bernie may be the person who's out there advocating for those values, but this campaign is about each and every one of us here today. This is about building a movement so we can actually enact those policies. And Bernie Sanders is the person that's going to get elected president to see yeah. those things get done. Yeah, what I didn't expect is that every place I've gone afterwards, people have come up, come up and shared stories, very personal stories about what this campaign needs to them, what situations for them. I just want to do this real quick. You can make some noise when I raise these issues if they've affected you or someone close to you. If you or someone you know had to live for a while on minimum wage, seven dollars and a few change, and had a hard time getting by. If you are concerned about your children or your grandchildren or your grandchildren's grandchildren's future. Uh, at that rally, uh, Bernie Sanders also got to speak himself. Take a listen. So the so-called booming economy, the average worker saw a 17 cent increase in his or her wages, less than 1% in real inflation accounted for wages. 37% increase in the wealth of billionaires, 1% increase in wages for working Americans. Hey, Mr. Trump, that ain't a great economy for the working families of this country. When they are sent into harm's way, but who every single one of them has raised their hand and taken an oath of loyalty to our country to support and defend our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to be willing to lay their lives down to do so. So this responsibility that the President has to serve as Commander-in-Chief, there are very real consequences to who you choose to fill that role. This is bigger than party politics. This is about our nation's security. This is about the well-being of our men and women in uniform. This is about taking care of our veterans when they come home. This is about making decisions with life and death consequences. It's a tough role. And I hope every one of you is considering that as you're thinking about who you will cast your vote for. Do you have someone who's ready to fulfill that responsibility on day one? Or will you have someone who is coming in without the depth and experience in national security and foreign policy? Well, they'll have to go and seek guidance and advice from the foreign policy establishment in Washington that crosses both party lines, that is aligned with the military-industrial complex, and who are responsible for so many of these 
wasteful regime change wars we've seen for years. Wars that have not made us any safer, and yet have cost us tremendously in American lives, and have cost us tremendously in taxpayer dollars. So oh, um, my first question is, uh, obviously this week uh, President Trump was acquitted. Um, I know you voted present on that. What are your thoughts now that he's been acquitted? Uh, the thing that I have been warning against has been two primary things. One is that uh, because of how divided our country already is, that this would only further divide our country. And second, that this hyperpartisan process would only increase the likelihood of Trump's reelection. And these two things uh, are unfortunately becoming true. We're seeing how in the wake of the impeachment, Trump is at the highest levels of approval ratings he's seen in his entire administration uh, so far. Um, and then my second question is, if you don't win in New Hampshire this Tuesday, is there a path forward for your campaign We're from there? We're flying to South Carolina early Wednesday morning. We're continuing our campaign. All right, thank you. Thank you, Noel. Thank you. Nice to meet thank you. Thank you, you too. Hi. Hi. On day three, the final day in New Hampshire, I got to meet uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg while attending his rally. Here is a bit of footage from his event. On day three, the final day in New Hampshire, I got to meet uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg while attending his rally. Here is a bit of footage from his event. Plan B turns on that American majority that I was talking about. The things that I'm proposing are not just ideas that we think would be good. They command the support of the majority of the American people. All of these things we're talking about, getting you a raise, making sure there's paid family leave, delivering health care, acting on climate change, doing something about gun violence, being responsible with the finances of this country. These are things that most Americans want, even in more conservative states. And so I will always, of course, try in good faith to work across the aisle. But when good faith is lacking, as it has been lately in the United States Senate GOP, that's when the airplane comes in. There's that big blue and white airplane that comes with the Oval Office that this president seems to use mostly for the purposes of traveling among golf courses with his name on it. I don't even golf, so I won't be needing it for that purpose.